T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The WNBA returns post-All-Star break as the second half of the season starts for our Aces. Here coming up within the hour, actually, as they're in New York to take on the Liberty, which leads us to our guest who earlier this year wrote about the charter flight scandal regarding the New York Liberty for Sports Illustrated. Howard Megdal joins us. He's the editor-in-chief of The Next. He's the founder of The Nine, the woman's sports newsletter. And as always, all guests are brought to us by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Howard, before we get into the nitty-gritty business practices of the WNBA, uh, last week I had the privilege of watching Han Zhu of the Liberty work over the aces in the second half. She's the longest one out there great lateral movement first one up the floor in a bona fide bucket and uh that was the night that sabrina ionescu literally set a WNBA uh triple double record but what does a player like hanzu do for that team and and really open up especially for their opponents which happens to include our las vegas aces tonight i am delighted that you're beginning with the hanzu question and i find her endlessly fascinating the truth of the matter is it is an open question just what she can be, simply because we have not seen this before in the league. Somebody who is six foot ten, you know, there have been big bigs. You guys have had them right there in Las Vegas. You know, whether it's Liz, whether it's Asia, but six five, six eight is different than six foot ten. And you combine that with the ability to shoot threes, the ability to finish. The fact that she is getting stronger by the day, and it really just turns the Liberty offense from what has been functioning at a solid level into something that's been at times, and you guys saw it up close, utterly dominant. Yeah, it was absolutely impressive, and I, I literally hadn't heard about her, and she has the, you know, the mismatched Kyries and everything, and they didn't really utilize her in that first half, or they basically kind of slow-rolling her into that WNBA career and, and managing her minutes and using her kind of as a person off the bench. Do you anticipate her getting uh, more minutes in the first half? That is a great point. It is clearly the way in which they're doing it and slowly but surely to turn her into a weapon that ultimately but again I think in a lot of ways the team is kind of responding to what she does in real time because there's no playbook for this nice and and Howard uh, before we get into our aces and then especially this all-star weekend that that left me a bit disappointed um to me throughout this season the team that's been the spiciest to look at, and, and there always seems to be some sort of drama, is the Phoenix Mercury. So, plain and simple, Howard, what the hell? What the hell's going on in Phoenix? <laughs> How much time do we have? You know, it's very complicated uh, 
from everything like Tina Charles uh, requesting and being granted a divorce from the team to the fact that Skylar Diggins-Smith is both the best player on that team and somebody who got into a verbal altercation with Diana Taurasi now has been shopped by the team as well. We've got the trade deadline coming up July 15th. It'll be interesting to see whether anybody has the tap room to do this or whether it's something that gets taken care of after the season. But the Phoenix Mercury put a group together, and they have a lot of big personalities in there. They have asked a rookie head coach of Vanessa Nygaard to be the one to navigate it. And I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that it has not worked as planned so far. No, certainly not. And and those things, that stuff just like eats away at a locker room if it's already not consuming itself. And if there's a lot of strong personalities, it's very easy for those players to kind of gang up on whoever their leader is and for things to kind of devolve. And then you have separately a very important issue, obviously, with Brittany Griner's situation. We learned in the last couple of days that she pled guilty to the possession charges brought against her in Russia uh, apparently, Bill Richardson, who served as the ambassador to the United Nations and the former governor of New Mexico, is headed over to help negotiate her release along with some other American political prisoners. So wh- what's your read on this current situation? Because it's so hard because she's not meant to be over there. She shouldn't be part of this political you know, chess match that's happening. But at the same time, there's a war in Ukraine. There's all this other stuff happening. It's, it's like zoom in, zoom out. Like, h- how do you keep your head on straight? And, and where do you think this story is going? I, I'm, I mean, I, I really think... I am very, um, let us say, wary of anybody who says they think they know the answer. They know how it's all going to go. I think we simply do not. All of this is an unprecedented situation. We can't very well go back and remember the last time that a player was taken prisoner by the Russian government during wartime. Uh, There's simply not a comp you can throw here. And so obviously encouraged by uh, Bill Richardson being deputized to go over there. Uh, certainly do not mistake Brittany Grinder pleading guilty for any real wrongdoing necessarily, as that was very clearly a tactic uh, that was taken on by the Grinder camp in an effort to expedite things, and it was widely known that that would happen ahead of time. But, you know, again, the hope comes back, and we are all continuing to just at a human level hope that there is a safe return of Brittany Griner, who is missed, obviously, as a person and in a less important but very real way as a basketball player as well in this league. And Howard Megdahl joining us. Be sure to follow him at, on Twitter, excuse me, at Howard Megdahl. And Howard, let's do it. Uh, over these past couple of days, I've been very upset. Uh, when it comes to this All-Star weekend that just happened in Chicago, there's a lot of different ways we could go and approach it. Um, but just overall, what do you think of the weekend? I think it was a mixed bag in a way that some ways were controllable and some ways were not. I think it is obviously a league that is still figuring out how big its audience is and how to service that audience. And when you look at a Saturday that involved an event that was ultimately closed to the public, uh, it was not, for instance, put at the United Center uh, when Wintrust Arena was not available. Uh, I think it was compounded by that fact not being communicated to people. So if you're going to have an event that is purely for the young players there and not open to the public, 
making sure people know that two months ahead of time, one month ahead of time, rather than having that be surprised for people who went and traveled for the weekend to come to All-Star Weekend is problematic in and of itself. Now, all of that said, by all reports, and I had numerous people at the next, and terrific piece by my James K over at thenextsoups.com where you could go read about it, uh, the Sunday was an unmitigated success, and people felt as if it was properly big time in Wintrust Arena. Uh, the league is 26 years old. That is very young. It needs to find ways to grow. Sometimes that's going to be experimenting in ways that work. Sometimes it's going to be experimenting in ways that don't work as well. And so I think, you know, as long as there is a learning process that comes from the things that didn't work or the things that upset you see how they do this, including, and most critically to my mind, lead time, more lead time for these events. The NBA knows where All-Star is going to be two years out. We need to start seeing that, and more importantly, the WNBA needs to know and its fans need to know as well. And the thing is, too, I think we struggle with our imagination to really fully articulate what these shortcomings are because, like you said, it's about reaching out to that audience, reaching out to the fans and how to best serve them. But then there's also the serving of the actual players themselves, and that's really where a lot of that debate was over the summer, the story that you did about the the plane rides and all of that because the, what is the natural next step in rectifying so many of these these shortcomings that have been displayed? Is it expanding roster size? Is it opening up the salary cap a bit? I mean, at the very least, I would think we would need ownership all with the same level of urgency of investment and commitment, and I don't think we're there yet. That's a great point, and that's exactly it. There are a lot of different ways to get there. You know, you, you talk about, all right, well, how do we get – more roster spots when we see there's more talent in women's basketball than ever before. Well, you can do it by expanding rosters from 12 to 15. You can do it by adding a couple of WNBA teams. You know, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can attack this, and the more of those you deploy, the better off you are. There's also questions of how do you bring more money into the system. You know, this capital raise that the league completed earlier this year, in a lot of ways, responds to the last couple of years rather than being something that leads to salaries changing in any actual way. On the other hand, something like a new media rights deal, when that expires with ESPN in 2025, you could see an exponentially larger amount of money coming into this league where a media rights deal that tops out is at 25 and it tops out at $33 million by 2025 well, MLS just signed one for $250 million. Imagine what that means. Even if we take the high end of what charter flights are likely to cost, that's a drop in the bucket at a league-wide level compared to what a new media rights deal ought to mean for the WNBA. So a lot of moving parts there, and I know that's not as simple as here's the switch you turn on, but it is more and a difficult thing for Kathy Engelbert and the lead to manage of how soon – how fast and which buttons to push. And, and Howard, uh, you brought up the media rights deal and what the MLS got. And I didn't plan on asking you this, but since you brought it up, if you were the WNBA, would you would you be more inclined to say, hey, ESPN, you know, we have this deal. We're on ABC. We just want more coverage. We don't want our Saturday event not only not open to the public, but on ESPNU in comparison to if Amazon or Apple or some of these big businesses that – can give the MLS all this money 
but they're just like a a, a a peck within their streaming service option. What would you do? Keep the traditional or go to a streaming service because the revenue is too much to deny and that's too much money that you uh, would pass up if you stick with ESPN or traditional cable platforms? I just don't think it's a binary question. The question is how much more money and how much more exposure are you talking about? Now, look, if I were ESPN, I was sitting there with a clearly, clearly undervalued asset in the WNBA, I'd have had the conversation yesterday. I'd have had the conversation before Major League Soccer set the new ground rules for what leads of similar audience. And if you go back and look at the ratings, similar audience between the WNBA and Major League Soccer. But I'd have gone to them and tried to have a conversation similar to what you see in Major League Baseball, where you've got a player under control in his pre-arbitration years or his arbitration years, and you say, look, I'm going to give you more money up front. I'm going to buy out some of your free agent years. Well, come 2025, there is very little reason to think that the WNBA is going to be available at a discount. But if ESPN can trade on having those rights these extra couple of years and saying, we're going to throw some extra money your way in exchange for signing on now, ESPN might be able to find itself with an advantageous deal. And the WNBA, instead of waiting for 2025 to be able to change the financial picture of this league, could do it a couple of years early. It just seems so obvious to me that there's a deal to be made there that gets you the best of both worlds to circle back to your question. The exposure of ESPN and ABC by extension and some money ahead of time. Especially since the CBA has still quite a few years ahead of it before they're going to be able to renegotiate that. And so it's just it's so important because I really think it's about the shift from from a maintenance mindset to a growth based mindset. But to kind of uh, focus up a little bit here on our aces, because as we mentioned, they'll be facing off against New York Liberty tonight. Uh, Early on in the season, they were wiping the floor with everybody because everybody had the green light to go shoot threes and not uh, including but definitely not limited to Kelsey Plum, who's the MVP of the All-Star game. But now that opponents have settled in and and adversity is inevitable in each and every season, how do you think they're able to free up some space for some of these uh, long-range shooters? Because as you mentioned, Liz Cambage is no longer on this team and Asia Wilson is not taller than 6'6", 6'7". How do you push people back? How do you get people on their heels and, and get some more breathing room up there? Well, look, I I think Asia is part of that solution. Asia is somebody who perhaps you need to make more of a focal point of the offense. If anything, Liz Tembeja not being there has opened things up for Asia. And while her overall production is down, her efficiency is up, I think the bigger question that I have is what the Las Vegas Aces are going to do about load management and rest between now and the start of the playoffs. Uh, They were recently coming up against the Chicago Sky, and they blew a 28-point lead. Well, the Chicago Sky do not have a single player averaging as many as 30 minutes a game. The Las Vegas Aces, and I'm driving, so I don't have it in front of me, but I believe have four or five of them. I believe Chelsea Gray is fifth in minutes per game, but would be first on the Chicago Sky. And so figuring out, you know, Becky Hammond, who comes from, of all places, the San Antonio Spurs, who pioneered this in the NBA side, It is very surprising to me that there have not been a few extra minutes shaved off here and there in exchange for figuring out how to get them fresh into the playoffs in what is a truncated season. They 
packed 36 games into a season that started in May and ends on August 14th, the regular season. You absolutely have to make sure these players are fresh going into the playoffs. So as near as I can tell, that's what you're seeing. And Howard, simply put, what's the ceiling for the Aces this season, in your opinion? You no know, one is a championship. Absolutely. The, the Aces have to be in that conversation. They have as much talent as anybody in this league. I think the world of Becky Hammond and the system she has put into place, the team that was put together first by Bill Ambeer and Dan Padover and now has continued forward, I, I, I think something short of a championship might well be considered a disappointment, but there are five teams in that league right now who I think could say the same thing. And speaking of those five teams, you're thinking Chicago, Vegas, Seattle, Connecticut. What middling team do you think has the highest opportunity ceiling for a big-time second half that could push them into the bona fide contenders group? If you have Elena Deladon on your team, and there's a chance that a healthy Elena Deladon, forget the fact that the Washington Mystics are very talented, very deep, and have one of the great basketball minds in the history of this league, and Mike Tebow running things. If you have Elena Deladon on that court, you have a chance to win a championship. I think people are forgetting about how great Elena Deladon is. She didn't make the All-Star game, okay. She didn't play in every game, 13 or 21 before the break. But Elena Deladon has done things on the court that nobody else has done. She is a two-time MVP. And if I were a four or a five seed, I would not enjoy the idea of a first-round matchup against Elena Deladon and the Mystics. And, Howard, before we get you out of here, uh, I I was critical with the All-Star weekend, but there was some good news from the commissioner, which was, and you, you talked about the 36 games, that next year the regular season will expand the 40 games, this playoffs, teams will have chartered flights. That's all positive, correct? It, yes, but with the caveat, 40 games, if it's in the same calendar as you had this year, for instance, I don't think it will be. But if you tried to stretch 40 games into a small calendar, you're going to run into more and more fatigue. They've got to find a way to expand the WNBA calendar, which is difficult for a lot of reasons, but it has to be done. It has to be a growth mindset, as you guys put it, and so right. Thank you so much, Howard, especially for the little boost in confidence there. You are certainly one of the most wide-ranging, knowledgeable people we've had on the WNBA so far, and we'd really uh, welcome any opportunity to speak again with you in the future. Thank you both. Please call me anytime. I'm happy to. That was Howard Megdahl, founder, editor editor of the Nine Newsletter. Next Hoops, Bard Athletics, Locked On, Women's Basketball. He has a very, very healthy resume sheet. And uh, who brought him to us today, Adrian? Oh, the good folks. I'm so glad you asked, Lindsay. The good folks at BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. On the other side of the break, when you wish upon a star, everything gets smaller. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.